0: Every aspect of your e-commerce business impacts customer experience. From advertising and packaging, to product functionality, website usability, and even reliability. Your long-term growth and profitability will hinge on your ability to deliver the best experience for your buyers, and this podcast will show you how. Tune in monthly for actionable and insightful discussions with the brightest minds at the intersection of e-commerce and customer experience. Welcome to the e-commerce customer experience podcast presented by Digital Genius. I'm your host, Chris Kellner. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the e-commerce customer experience podcast. Last time around, we had James McGee on the podcast to share his story of how Foot Asylum has transformed their bottom line by providing excellent customer experience. Today, I'm pleased to be sitting down with Gus Imhoff, Head of Customer Experience Strategy and Insights at Avado. Avado is a people-powered transformation partner, creating tangible and measurable impact for people and organizations. Welcome, Gus. We're thrilled to have you today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for the intro, Chris, and for the welcome. Uh, Delighted to be here. So as you preempted, right, head of customer experience strategy and insights, a bit of a mouthful for Avado. But essentially what I do is I help this training provider bring the voice of the learner and voice of the client to the conversation. Right. So I focus on the measurement of the experience, I focus on mapping processes, I focus on making sure that we drive better results for the organization and its customers by designing better, more memorable experiences.
0: I love that. And those are definitely some themes that we'll be wanting to dig in today. But maybe just kind of work, go backwards a little bit. You know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how did you start on your journey to working customer experience?
1: It's one of those, right, is I feel that I'm among the very few people that were actually started customer experience before this career even started. Right. Is if you look customer experience as a concept, as a field, established field it's not even 10 years old, right? It's something that has grown a lot. We, You always had a customer satisfaction, we had customer service, but experience itself is something that's a lot more recent in terms of prominence. And unlike most people, I was literally starting in that field. So my master's thesis at university was the financial ROI of customer experience in the automotive industry. And from then on, I spent literally my entire career in the space. So first... From a more consultancy research perspective, working with some large uh, global brands. And then after a couple of years, decided to kind of cross the chasm and go client side, right? I was, I love doing the analytics and finding stories and building narratives for the clients, but I was frustrated of not seeing change happen. So I decided to kind of go out there and take matters into my own hands, as it were. So I moved from measuring for clients to measuring in-house and driving strategies for organizations across industries. So I worked in the legal sector, in e-commerce, most on the logistics side, financial services, retail, et cetera. So managed a few a few industries and just played around and navigated the space and loving it ever since.
0: No, I love that. And I don't think we hear that very often where you know, someone could talk about actually writing a thesis in this topic, what would you say was kind of the first spark, light bulb moment, which actually kind of drove you along this path?
1: Well, that's the thing, right, is it's going to sound incredibly cheesy, so I do apologize for uh, to the listeners in advance, but I feel like I was always destined to it. So I went to university thinking I wanted to do branding, right? I thought I loved the idea of branding and so on. And then one of the modules we had at my master's was on customer experience. I just realized that what I had as branding in my head actually had a different name. It was always customer experience because... I find it fascinating to kind of find that ability of merging the needs of the organization and that of the customer and finding that uh, middle ground. And one way I kind of uh, described it visually to someone recently was that you're essentially a marriage counselor walking on the tightrope, right? You need to find a thing that appeals to both, but if you go too far on the the side of the organization, you fall. If you go too far on the side of of the customer, the company is just doomed to, to go bankrupt. So is that equilibrium that's actually always interested me. And the more complex the environment, the better.
0: And what would you say would be kind of the, the major experiences that, that have really shaped your career?
1: Uh, I think that the fact that I've always been data-driven, so my entire background was in Voice of Customer program, I think has been fundamental for me to understand how to prioritize, but also the fact that very early on I understood that It's not all about the customer, right? It's The customer is important, but they're not the most important or the only stakeholder. I think that commercial savviness that I had to bring in very early on as part of being in consultancy and so on was fundamental, right? As you hear a lot of people say, oh, the customer is king or customer is number one and so on. And ultimately, I disagree, right? You can't please the customer at all costs because otherwise you drive the business to the ground. I think that more measured, more commercially savvy approach is, has served me well so far.
0: Okay, interesting. And I've seen you, you've written a number of books and, and multiple articles on how customer experience can make or break your business. You know, could you maybe kind of talk through your checklist of you know, what are the key parameters or points that you go through as you kind of assess that?
1: More than a clear checklist, I think is I like to call out a few. Easy mistakes, so to say, right? So one that is kind of fortune cookie wisdom, we could call it, is always exceed customer's expectations, right? And that is such a terrible advice. Why is that? Because, well, once you expect you exceed the customer's expectation, so you go above and beyond, the customer isn't stupid. They're going to adjust because they have evidence of you being able to do more than you did before. So once was exceeding expectation is out now the new normal. If you exceed it again, again, you're increasing the thing. And it's not systematic, right? It's not you exceed it once and automatically they're going to expect the wow moment, but you're gradually going to increase that expectation. And the problem with that is that it's not sustainable because every time you exceed the expectation, you're eating into your margin, right? You're eating into your margin and you can turn a very profitable endeavor into loss making because you're just so concentrated on exceeding expectations and you're creating a bar that not even you can achieve, let alone your competition. So I think that that's one that really, really comes often. And the other one is just making sure that you understand how to find a win-win. It's really great to, to give a refund for the customers or give them freebies and so on, but you need to have some kind of longer term value in mind. Don't just compensate for the sake of compensation. So I think it's, again, that thing of unbridled focus on the customer, bring it back, it's a balancing act. Ultimately, CX is balancing different needs.
0: And and how do you kind of create that strategy within an organization when, you know, typically if if you kind of put yourself in a, say a customer, service agents position, they'll always think, how can they go above and beyond to make their customer happy? You know, how do you implement that strategy you know also kind of balancing the people that are implementing that
1: inside the organization so i think that is one of those things right is the path to hell is paid with good intention and that that's one of those things ultimately the way i play it is, i don't necessarily try to discourage it but again it's an element of um, commercial savviness but ultimately i refocus the energies on something more productive so for example when i used to work in finance so we i had a stint with the debt collection agency, right? So essentially what they did is they bought consumer debt from, say, Vodafone or to whomever, and they tried to recover that debt. And so we're talking about literally customers who did not want to be customers whatsoever, right? No one wants to be chased for for debt that they accumulated for whatever reason. And one thing I did at that stint was helping the agents reframe what they were doing, right? They weren't just chasing money. They weren't chasing debt. What they were doing, they were helping their consumers, their customers, have a fresher, leased life, right? Because it's not just about that, but it's about helping the single mom of three who doesn't know how she can afford Christmas. It's about helping the the person who just left prison and wants to get their life back on track, helping them have the circumstances to help them do that, giving them the, the flexibility to play around with it. And just reframing it by helping them understand that each call isn't just a call, it's not just an account, but can have a drastic and like defining impact on someone's life is empowering, right? It's not about the going above and beyond, but it's how do you help the customer get to where they need to be without being overly generous because that that doesn't help the customer either. So it's having that responsibility and ownership more than going above and beyond.
0: That's a really interesting perspective. And I think that actually for people that are really successful in kind of a customer-led career, you know, that's exactly what they need to think about not going above and beyond, but how do they really create a well-rounded picture that ultimately can help in the, in the longer term as well. And
1: that, That's the thing, right? It's, and It is because I saw recently a post on someone saying that the experience is so important and gives you a price premium because if you're going to celebrate your anniversary on Burger King, versus a fancy restaurant like there's something wrong but they can't miss the 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 purpose of it like if i go to a a michelin star restaurant or i go to burger king or any other fast food i have some very different needs that i'm trying to fulfill right i'm no one ever thought "Mm, i don't know where i'm I'm going to my 10-year anniversary should i go to burger king or to the ritz right no one ever has that uh, decision making uh in their minds i think it's really understanding like what are the needs? What are the mission that the customer wants to achieve? And how can we be part of that solution? So focus always on what the customer wants to do, because we'll soon find out that there's a lot of frills that we add in that are necessary.
0: And kind of building off, what would you say is like, you know, the the mistake that you often see when you go into a new, organ- new organization and, and they're trying to create a really good experience for their customers? What's like, you know, the first mistake that you typically see organizations make?
1: I think the first mistake is they don't stop to think, what's in it for for the customer, right? Is the fact that very few organizations still to this day don't implement frameworks like jobs to be done that really focuses on what's the goal, what's the job that the the customer is going to achieve is is something that's recurrent, right? Is very few organizations proportionally implement that nowadays, but it's so fundamental because if you know why the customer is engaging, you can tailor the service to what they want, not what you think as an expert in a vertical is good. Because our opinions of what is good doesn't matter. Our goal is how do we aid the customer, again, in a profitable, commercially uh, sensitive way. And
0: how do you think you would
1: typically go and find that out if you're kind of new, new to an organization? Speak to the front line. Listen in on calls, like sh- shadow the front line, or even better, reach out to customers yourself. Right? You have a huge database of customers. Reach out and say, look, just write a company, would love to hear your thoughts on dealing with us, et cetera. Pick up the phone, right? Speak to humans, uh, run surveys, but that's the thing. The only way to find out is to actually have that collision with, with the outside world.
0: You no, know, that's really interesting. You say that in you know, some of the previous episodes of this podcast, we've talked a lot with some of the guests of how to make customer experience a strategic priority. And they always, you know, number one is bring the executive into the call center and have them listen to some of the calls, have them listen to what the customer is saying. And that is the best way for them to very quickly understand what needs to be done to really make, you know, CX a strategic priority.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's so powerful. I remember when I was at uh, Hermes, now Every. Uh, we were kicking, kickstarting that off and we thought, okay, so how do we make sure that our exec, our senior leadership uh, uh, as a whole team knew how it was to be a customer, right? So we we just commissioned customized uh, gingerbread men. So literally that size, and we send them through our network to the home address of all our senior leaders, right? And it was fascinating when you had our, one of the IT leaders that are responsible for the tracking uh, mechanism of the parcels had their tracking link broken. I mean, that, that's one of those things, right? If you try to plan it, it won't work out. But fastest bug ever resolved in the history of the company, I'm sure, because they were personally involved. Say, look, that bug is in my way of me achieving my goal of getting that surprise gift that the team promised. It's just give, giving them that front row seat to the experience is just fundamental for them to understand the impact they can have, not the importance. Right, not just the importance of it, but like the the tangible impact, like having that first hand experience, feeling it in the skin.
0: No, I love that. That's actually something that we've implemented here at Digital Genius. So, you know, one of our customers on on running, which has been on kind of an amazing growth story over the last few years, and is is fairly mature in the in the work on the automation side of things. We give all of our uh, new employees a pair of trainers when we first started. Actually we we got some of these for free but now we're bigger and they're bigger obviously that can't be the case anymore but we give all of our you know employees a, a pair of trainers and encourage them to go through the full end to end journey because you know they're really one of the leaders in this space and, and going on a really interesting journey themselves Gus, I, I see, you You know, you've had a, a fair amount of experience working in different industries and, and different countries. You know, what, what is the typical maybe focus on the on the country element? You know, where do you see kind of the differing between, say, the UK and, and different parts of Europe?
1: I confess that I've had very little like firsthand experience professionally in other parts of Europe. But if I compare and change it to South America. Right. right so I'm a Brazilian origin and I did work there a little bit as well. The culture is completely different. Right is, and it's not necessarily better or worse. It's just if you go to a shop, let's say you want a new suit, like, and you not, you don't know what to expect. You almost feel harassed by how helpful they are. Like they're really dedicated to, to help you find the right thing. And they're really hands on and they're really supportive to an extent where the, the typical British culture wouldn't necessarily accept it. Like it would be almost intrusive. So they, they have a culture of service that is much stronger than we have here. And some people love it. Others kind of like the fact that when you go into a store, they'll ask if you want some help, but they'll, they'll leave you alone, right? It's, they, they're less, less pushy here in the UK. And ultimately, it's just adapting to, to the culture in which you're evolving. And again, comes back to what is it that the customer wants, right? If you go shopping for clothes in Brazil, it's very much a, it's an experience, but right? it's an experience. You want to be pampered. You want to really enjoy it. While you go shopping in the UK, like for most people I know, you want in, you sometimes try it out. Sometimes you just buy and you try at home and you go out. Like the, the experience, the expectation is completely different. Why? Because the job to be done is different. One is very utilitarian. The other is more almost hedonistic. It's just an enjoyment. It's an experience in itself.
0: That also probably goes back to when you see a uh people in britain queuing versus people in britain people in other parts of the world queuing and everyone in 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 the uk always stands orderly in line that's not always the the
1: experience you get all around the world yeah that's probably one of the things i struggle the most with adapting to the british culture is i'm not a queuer i just can't stand it and just have to adapt but yeah if, if i know there's a queue where i'm going yeah they lost me
0: Going back to kind of thinking about, you know, what the, what the customer wants, obviously, we are going into a, you know, a special, I guess, economic time over the next few months and maybe years. You know, what do you think will change in kind of what the consumer expects? I
1: hate doing predictions because, like, the odds of getting it wrong are so high, right? But I think it shouldn't change too much from where the trend or the, the key theme for me has been for the past five years, where it's just go back to basics. Right, I often say that boring is sexy. Like, sure, it's not exciting to have a database that works well and actually recognizes who the client is, but that's what you need, right? It's. I, I just hope that companies are going to move away from the focus on going above and beyond and wow moments and so on, and first fix, fix the basics before before anything else. And I think that that's where we need to be.
0: And, and how do you think technology might impact, you know, over the next few years?
1: To be fair, I think that the technology is where it needs to be. The problem, like, and I say, like the cutting edge of yeah. industries are exactly where it needs to be. The problem we have is organizations are dealing with, with legacy systems. That's where the big hurdle is because organizations have systems that are not fit for purpose. They are 10, 15 years old and they just don't deliver what they need. So I think, I think any company that really wants to thrive in from an experience perspective, Sooner or later, they will need to kind of rip their systems apart and start again. It's a scary prospect. It's not exciting, but you need solid foundations. And I find that organizations that have been going for a while rarely do, do have that foundation in place.
0: Interesting. And, you know, I'm sure you yourself as a consumer, you know, purchase from a lot of different brands. You know, what would you say, you know, is one brand that you really
1: admire that has shaped some of your thinking and some of your work? One brand I truly admire, and that's going to sound surprising to people because not necessarily a the industry, is GoDaddy, right? So GoDaddy, they do website hostings and obviously on my personal website and a few others. And I've been with them for years. Now, what I love about them is they always remind me when there is a product that's about to expire or renew. They practically call me maybe once every two months to check I'm happy with all the services. And even if there's a pro- product that's renewed that I don't need. I can just call them up and no cos, no questions, they just provide me refunds. right So but why? Because they're obsessed simply on providing gr- good service and delivering the basics. right? I mean, when you buy a domain name, there isn't much like above and beyond you can do, right Beyond like throwing a few extra URLs, there isn't much like value add that, that you can offer but they focus on the fundamental utilitarian bits and they do it really well. And they certainly have some cool, catchy TV ads as well. That always helps, doesn't
0: it? As we come to the end of this, I would love to kind of share, you know, what's next for you? You know, you've done a lot of amazing things. You've written books. You know, what's the future hold for Gus?
1: Wow, what does the future hold? Good question. R- right now, I'm really enjoying uh, my, my position where I am because essentially what I do is I am full-time with Vado, so I'm helping them really rethink and redesign experiences and build really memorable, life-changing experiences for our learners. And I enjoy, like, on the side, I still do. I do my consulting with other brands. I do my thought leadership content for brands. So I write reports, e-books, and so on for brands. And I'm just really enjoying it, right? So I'm, I'm in a good place. I'll keep focusing on trying to improve experiences, sharing my thought to the conversation. But, you know, it's one of those where I'm going to speed, enjoying the journey, and taking things as they go.
0: Nice. And you know, For budding CX professionals you know, listening to this podcast and maybe starting out their career, maybe similar path to you, maybe thinking about where they might go first, what advice would you give them?
1: Uh, first, I'd say buy my book, but that, that'd <laughs> be, that's an obvious one. Uh, now, j- joking aside, the, the book is great, and I've co-written it with several really, really big names in the space. But I think the key thing is learn to not be a customer, right? The worst thing that, that people can do is go into a customer experience role and think as a customer. You think that that's brilliant, right? Having that intuition, but it's counterproductive because you can't be the champion of the customer in the business. You need to be that mediator, as I said, a marriage counselor. So learn to become commercially savvy, learn to become data savvy, learn about methodologies like jobs to be done right if you understand the way an organization works and the financials of it you understand the concepts of jobs to be done and you know how to play with data you're putting yourself in a really strong foundation to go to the next level
0: perfect well gus it has been so many interesting themes that have come out if i was to summarize what you you know you talked about today for our listeners i would say you know thinking about where we are now in the current economic climate go back to basics Cut out easy mistakes. Think about how to merge the objectives of the organization with the objectives of the customer and really be there with your customer, understanding what they need. Gus, thank you so much again. It's been great having you on and hopefully we'll we'll have you on again soon. Thank you. Let's make that happen. Thank you very much. The e-commerce customer experience podcast is brought to you by Digital Genius. Digital Genius uses cutting-edge AI technology to streamline response times for support tickets platform allows for flexible integration into existing systems and control over your processes, while significantly improving key performance metrics. To find out more about Digital Genius and how our intuitive platform combines AI integrations and workflows to make your customers, team, and mailbox happy, head to digitalgenius.com. Also, make sure to search for "e-commerce customer experience" in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Digital Genius, thank you for listening.